Let's refresh our relationship with God. Um, is anybody in a relationship? You're married, you got a significant other, you kind of know what a relationship is all about. You know, nothing deep, no whole Greek and Hebrew definitions, just a relationship. You know, somebody you talk to. Um, but I honestly believe that one of the most important relationships that we could have ever is our relationship with God. I, I think that, um, I believe that that should be protected. I believe it should be first priority. And I believe that whatever it is that's going on, or you need good or bad, it'll come from that relationship. And also, I believe that what's going on in your life, in our lives, is going on because of that relationship. And Lord knows life is a trip. You know, life happens. A lot of stuff is going on in our lives. You know, we kind of want to blame the devil for. Some of it is our fault. Some of it. You know. Um, but today is going to be a pivotal turning point if you want it to be, if you allow it to be, if you let it be in your life and in your relationship with God. So we're going to talk about that. Amen. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. So I hope you brought your Bibles. So we're going to look at a couple of scriptures. You know, it, it, it was a lot uh, that I wanted to share, you know, but I only got four hours. So <laughs> I'm going to try to squeeze it in there. <laughs> Who all knows what the first commandment is? What is it? What is it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Exodus. The book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 3. Woo God is watching. He's saying, what? I know y'all learned that a long time ago. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And as a matter of fact, if you look at verse 5, it says that your God is a jealous God. Now, my younger days, long, long time ago, I was accused of being a jealous person. If you've ever had a jealous person in your life, you know, they're off balance. You know, they're consumed with you. God is consumed with us. He's consumed with his relationship with us. He, he loves us. He's always thinking about us. He's missing us. He wants the best for us. He doesn't want us giving his time to other people. I know Pastor Scott mentioned um, we even have to tithe our time. It was 16.8 hours a week. That's more than two hours a day. 
So I had a list here, stuff I spend my time on, thinking about, on my mind. So I want you to think about it. You know, in those relationships that we just mentioned, you know, how much time do you put towards those? Do we put towards our other relationships? You know, how much time you spend um, calling? Uh oh, what was that one? <laughs> Doing other stuff, you know, talking on the phone, you know thinking about money and the house we're going to get. That's my personal favorite list right there they got in that Maybach in that house. It's coming, amen. You know, and other stuff be on our minds. Uh-oh, hold on, wait. Hey, we be all right. <laughs> we going to be all right. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Let's talk about this relationship. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, I took the liberty of uh, going to dictionary.com to define relationship. And... Uh, the second one, well, I mean, you know, it says it's a connection and association and involvement, you know, between two persons. Um, but the one I like the best is the second one, by blood. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ shed his blood because of a relationship that he wanted with us, with everybody in this room. And it, and, it, and it wasn't based on anything that we could do. It was solely, strictly based on him loving us. God, the Father, sent his only begotten son. That's the gospel. That's the good news. John chapter 3, verse 16. So God himself wrapped himself up in flesh, left heaven, and came down here. So, because of what happened with Adam, you know, so that we wouldn't have to go to hell. So we wouldn't have to suffer eternally. Thinking about those relationships. Think about the best relationship that you've ever had. Not God, not with Jesus, but just in your life. The very absolute best relationship that you ever had. You know, how much would you do for that person? Now, what if that person lied about you? What if that person cursed at you? Disrespected you? Stole from you? What if you... Let them come live in your house. You wake up in the morning, all your stuff gone. And you know it was them. You thought you can leave $1,000 on the dresser. You woke up, it was gone. And you know it was them. Would you have anything to do with that person again? I, honestly. 
Okay. So, and, and, and then, all right, how about, how about this one? <laughs> Let's say that you and that person were out. Somebody was picking on that person. And you stepped in and stopped it from going on. And you was like, you know what? I mean, because I, I love my family. I love my brother. I love my nephews and my nieces. And if somebody was messing with them, I'm going to step in and take whatever it is for them. Now, if you did that for that person that you had the very best relationship with, you know, you would expect for that person to come back to you with some gratitude and some appreciation. But what if they said, well, next week, you know, it's this other guy. <laughs> I need you to, you know, come jack him up too. Or what if you put a second mortgage on your, on your house? You gave them the brand new car you're spending $1,200 a month over. You let them drive it so they won't have to walk. Right? And then what if they came up to you and said, can you wash this car? <laughs> Dang. You know, you know. So, speaking of the relationship that we have, that we have with Jesus and Him with us, you know, thinking about those things that we just talked about, how would you like it? You know, well, let's just put it like this Jesus came down here, he was beat profusely, spit on, disrespected in front of a bunch of, I mean, by an army of people. And at any given time, he could have said, no, no, this ain't, this ain't it right here. We got to do something else, Father. (laughs) You know, a lot of people always say, you know, you know, especially the young guys, you know, these my homies. I'm going to die for my homies. I'll ride for my block. You can't even keep a job. <laughs> you can't even stay in school. You ain't going to suffer for nobody. You ain't going to suffer for yourself. And as much as I love my family, it's some stuff. But Jesus himself suffered and died for us. I mean, was beat. I like the way that Mel Gibson, you know, illustrated in the passion. Some of us can't even watch that movie. It's hard enough to just watch it. But he experienced it. But then we want to run up in his face and say, Lord, can I have him? Lord, can I have her? Lord, I need some of this. I need some of that. I I need another house. I need another car. What kind of relationship is that? How are we doing the Lord God when we wouldn't want nobody else doing that to us? Or how much time do you spend with him? How much time do we talk to him versus anything else? 
I got an iPod. I'm on Facebook. I text. I email. Got a lot of music. I love listening. I mean, it's, you know, Blu-ray player. Love movies. How much time do we spend? We, us, because it's me too. Us, doing other stuff and just keep putting him off. And look at what he did for us. But we claim all day, oh, I love the Lord. Do we? So we're going to change this relationship. You know, (laughs) uh, I was looking at some pictures that uh, Pastor Scott and Mrs. Scott had brought from Africa. You know, and these people walk miles today for school. They will sit in the same position in the heat, out in the sun, for hours to hear some word. But some of us, we don't want to get out of bed. It's too far to drive. I was telling people I'm preaching this, oh, on the east side. But if he called or she called in the middle of a blizzard or if it called, what would we do? But yet, (laughs) for the God that we say we love, who is proven and done already more than anybody could ever do. We put them on the back burner. We don't have time. And then when something go wrong, who we going to blame? Guess it wasn't the Lord's will. Well, hey, man. All right, I'm moving along. <laughs> Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 15. Amen? Amen. Y'all ain't asleep, are you? Uh-oh. Shoot. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. We only got a little more to go. <laughs> Depending on how you look at it. St. Luke. Chapter 15. There's two points I want to make today. Relationship and refreshing. That's all. Real simple. So we're going to give an example of a lost relationship. Because I'm, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. You, you know, but as I was preparing this, you know, I thought about some portions or some time or some part of my relationship with God that I lost. And if you've ever lost anything, well, first, you got to have something to lose it. (laughs) And you got to appreciate it to miss it. Now, if you had $20, $50, and you knew it was in your car, but then you couldn't find it. You would tear your car apart trying to find that $50. I would. So, now, G- Jesus was speaking here. 
Um, you know, the crowd drew nigh the publicans and the sinners in verse 1. <laughs> and I got to say this too. You know, Jesus was cold. He was, he was that deal. He was deep. <laughs> you know, he was awesome. Because in this other chapter, 5,000 people, men, not counting men, uh, women and children, came to hear Jesus speak. No flyer, no website, no email, no text messages, no microphone, no PowerPoint. 5,000 people, 1,000 came and heard and sat and listened to him speak all day. They were rather faint. He was like, ooh, these people need to eat. Because they wanted to hear him. And here it is, printed up real nice and neat. Got all kind of stuff for you to look at it with. How much time do we spend reading it? Not hearing it. Reading it. Studying it. Some of us spend more time looking at manuals for software. I'm guilty. For new TVs, I'm guilty. You know, reading invitations and posts. And this is going to help us. Hey, amen. All right, let me move on. And the Pharisees and the scribes, you know, um, was murmuring, talking junk, hating on Jesus. Somehow, he received sinners too. Ain't it interesting how some of us church people get amnesia and forget what we used to do? Hopefully it's used to. And Jesus spoke in parables. Like I said, because he, he, was, he, he was deep. And do you know every time that we open up the word, it is alive, it's connected with us, and God is able to reveal something brand new to us each time that we open it up. I had the opportunity and the privilege of going to look at... Um, uh-oh. Could you start that back up from the current? I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to go down to Wayne State for um, one of the kids, Bria Green, <laughs> had a, uh, she was in a program for Math Corps down at Wayne State, and she was helping kids out. And, um, and so they did a presentation for the closing ceremony. And so they did a lot of formulas now, this is middle school. You know, it's a bridge program, so 6th, 7th, 8th, and some 9th and 10th grade students. And they running some problems and stuff. And I remember it, but I ain't remember it. You know, so some, like, for, so reading something else again in the scripture, people tickle me Acting like 
they don't need to read that again. You know, <laughs> every time we open up the word, we can get something new and fresh that will change. Jesus, the word made flesh, spoke things and it happened. And he said that we're going to do what he did and greater. And he said that we can use his name. Sean is one of my friends. But he can't go to the bank and get no money out. My account. But Jesus gave us access. His authority. We're going to look at some of it. What man of you having a hundred sheep, and if you lose one, do not leave the ninety-nine and go after the one that's lost until he find it. Now, in business, you know, it's almost not wise if you got ninety-nine good sheep to leave them and go after one, probably a hard-headed sheep. You told them to stay with the pack, you know. But it's the reason why Jesus is telling us this, because I don't think he wasted his time. I think he came here to handle some business. I don't think he was playing around. But it was some reason why he said this, and I printed this other list out, if 99.9% was good enough. Twelve newborns will be given to the wrong parents a day. 114,500 mismatched pair of shoes will be shipped. (laughs) Two million documents will be lost by the IRS. 315 entries in the dictionary will be misspelled and so on and so on. 20,000 incorrect drug prescriptions will be written. If 99.9% was good enough. Okay. (laughs) If you was married. If you are married. And that person you with. Turned down. 99 advances. Would it be alright for that one? (laughs) No. But then when he finally found it, he was happy. And then he goes and he tells everybody else, you know, be happy with me. I found this one sheet. Excuse me. Likewise, I say unto you, and this was the point that he was making, that joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented. One then over 99 just persons who don't need it. I don't know how many people in here, but Jesus said, joy will be in heaven if maybe one person out of this room decided to change their lives. More than the other 99 people here who just stopped by. I mean, they don't need church. They just came to make an appearance. Nobody here. But those other people who woke up, 
Look at that, you know, that, em- that empty spot next to you in your pew. That person, you know, who's not here. Now, it's another lost one. It's three parts. It's the second one. <laughs> this lady lost a silver coin. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, she loses one piece, does not light a candle, sweep the house, and seek diligently till she finds it. That's like that $20. Come on, ladies. I know women look over their money. And your money, too, if you let them. That wasn't on the notes. That ain't. Or let's say, all right, how about this? How about this? Let's say she got a 40% off anything coupon at Macy's. 40% off anything. Even if it's on clearance sale, 40% off coupon. I bet you she ain't going to lose that coupon. But if she do, I bet you she find it. Light a candle all through the night. <laughs> Sweep it corner to corner. <laughs> When she found it, she called her friends and neighbor and happy she found it. Amen. Likewise, here we go. I say unto you, Jesus is speaking. There is joy in the presence of angels of God over one. One sinner that repented. I was talking to a friend of mine. And you... After we get saved, we straight. But we got to get other people in. You know, unfortunately, in some communities, you know, I got mine. Either I'm going to charge you for it, (laughs) throw it up in your face, but I ain't going to tell you how to get it type of society. But Jesus said, no, I loved you. I love you. So that's why you here. So we got to pass that on. Get somebody. It ain't just for you. It's enough of them to go around. And we can do it at work when we're supposed to, you know. (laughs) We can do it in our cars. We can do it, you know, where we get opportunity. But if our relationship ain't straight, how are we going to help somebody else? If our conversation is not straight, ain't nobody going to want to be saved. They don't want to talk to you. They don't want to hear what you got to say. You know, or if we out there with them, or if there ain't no difference between us and them. I sent out an email at work about me being here. This girl say, I ain't no use a minister. <laughs> I said, we never spoke. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> and this last one, it's about the sun. Now, um, 
Now the coin, well, no, the sheep. Here, you know, in my Bible, you know, it says, you know, the parable of the lost this and the parable of the lost that. Um, you know, Jesus spoke in parables, so, was, you know, it's an extra meaning. You know, it's a plain, surficial meaning on the surface. I'll be making up words. Um, you know, and, and then there's also, you know, it depends on if your spirit is open, how it speaks to you. So what I noticed is that, one, the sheep was lost, knew it, but couldn't change it. The shepherd had to go get him. The coin didn't know it was lost, didn't care it was lost, couldn't do nothing about it if it wanted to. There's another one. And the real star of all three of these is the shepherd. God said, I'm a good shepherd. We're going to talk about that too. And the woman. And here he said, a certain man had two sons. And when the Bible says a certain man, it means this is an actual, you know, something that, you know, a certain person that actually lived. And the younger of them said, you know, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to him. He wanted his inheritance up front now, early, you know, because he thought he was smart. You know, figured he had it all figured out. Come on, you listening? He figured he had it all figured out, you know, had everything straight. He knew it all. I can handle this now. And not many days after, and the, and the father gave it to him. He said, all right. You know, and one of the things that you want to point one, the father had some stuff. The father was there. <laughs> Is that rare? Don't have time for that. But amen. And not many days after, the younger, he gathered all together and he went and did what he thought he was going to do. But he wasted it on riotous partying. And when he spent all, it arose a famine in the land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him to the fields to feed swine. You know, picture this story. Here, this guy, his father was rich, had a lot. So he was able, and the son knew it, to get his inheritance now and went to go do what he thought he was going to do, you know, what he thought he wanted to do. And uh, so he went, he blew it, thinking, you know, all these people going to love me. You, you know, so if you can imagine a young man living out in the suburbs, living in an affluent community, living in a good household, but he want to be in the hood, you know. But at night, he going to run back home so he can sleep in the bed. But he don't realize when he's in the hood, they don't eat that good. You know, they sleep eight to a bed. You know, but he think it's cool because that's all he see, that's all he hear. You know, so he thinking he got it all figured out. He think he know what's going on. So he went, <clears throat> and and then finally when it all ran out, he thought had 
he was going to join us. He, he thought he was going to go out there and get a job and hustle on the streets. You know, because apparently that's what they do in the hood. It's, um, it's looked highly upon. And he would fain or gladly willing. By this time, he's struggling. He's hungry. Times got hard. And he said, you know what? I would be happy to have dog food right about now. He came upon some hard times. And it gradually got to that point. It didn't just happen. I mean, that's only a couple of verses. But it didn't just happen. But then he came to himself, hallelujah. <laughs> and he said, you know what? The people that work for my father are living better than this. <laughs> so then he got a plan. He said, I'm going to go to my dad and say, Dad, messed up. In front of you and heaven. He said, you know, I'm not even worthy of being your son. This is his plan. And so he got up and came to his father. This is the thing that the coin and the sheep couldn't do. He realized he was lost and could do something about it. But yet, see, he didn't even realize how much his father loved him. His father was waiting on him to come back, going out there every day. I mean, he had a lot of stuff to do. He was busy. He could have did a whole lot of stuff. But he ran, hugged him, kissed him, you know, and he told him his plan, you know, I'm sorry. And the father said, you know what, put his robe on him because, you know, he was stinking and raggedy, excuse me, Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And the ring back in those days was this insignia of the family crest. So that means wherever he went, you know, respect him. And he killed a fatted calf. <laughs> um, and he threw a party. And he, and he was happy. But the story, see, I got to run through this because we only have a couple minutes left. But, um, you know. For this is my son that was dead and was lost, and now he's found and alive. But now I remember he had two sons, right? And this is another reason why I think this story was really about the father. Because his older brother was out working in the family job. And as he got closer to the house, he saw a party going on. And he called one of the sons and said, come here, man. One, you know, one of the valet guys or something. You know, come, come here, come here. This wasn't on the schedule. What's up with the crib? They say, hey, man, your brother done came back home. <laughs> and your father done killed the fatted calf and he throwing a party. But was he happy? That joker. No, he wasn't. He got mad and didn't want to go in the house. But the father, the father, he said, oh, yeah. See, this one was one kind of crazy. Then the other one was another kind of crazy. So the father had to deal with them all, right? Okay? And he said, you know what? You know, and this old grown man crying. All these years, I was serving you, and I was with you, and you ain't never had no party for me. That's what it translates to say. 
And as soon as he come, he done been out there partying with them girls. <laughs> and you're going to throw him a party. You know what? This is the most powerful statement. I want everybody to think about it right here. He said, you know what? You always here. You could have threw a party anytime you wanted to. Everything I got is yours. That's your fatty calf. That's your house. You could have had a party, but his attitude was messed up. Amen. And you know, it never says that he went back in the house. Okay? Now, real quick, we're going to cut into we All right, we'll be all right. Refresh, all right? Refresh, to sum it up in the dictionary, is to become fresh or vigorous, to revive, okay? How do I refresh my relationship with God? Turn with me to Acts chapter 3. We're going to look at verse number 19. Actually, just, you know, um, we're going to look at the Amplified Version. I don't know if you got one. Um, I more so want to look at the second half of this verse. So repent and change your mind, your purpose and your motivations is what I added. Uh, turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out or wiped clean. That times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air may come from what? The presence of the Lord. Now, there's one story. This one guy knew it. All right? Turn to the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35. Okay? All right. And the same day, well, Jesus was, had just finished one message, and so he told his disciples, he said, hey, all right. Let's go on over to the other side of the lake. Something must have came up in his spirit. He knew something. Something happened. And so they sent away the multitude, you know, and, and you know, some more ships with them. And so they crossed over. And out of nowhere, now Jesus, you know, he, who knew who to hang out with, one of them was Peter, who was a fisherman. So he knew the weather, however they did it. I don't know if he looked at weatherchannel.com or something, you know. But he knew how to tell the storms and weather. But this storm, and Jesus was ready, wanted to go. This storm came out of nowhere. Okay? And, uh, and, and so, you know, the water filled up the ship, and Jesus died asleep. And so one of the guys came to wake him up and said, Jesus, we're going to die. So it must have been like a hurricane or something. And he down there snored out, you know. And then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind. And he said, peace be still. Oh, that must have been an awesome thing to see. He said, can you imagine being in a storm? And this cat you would get up and like, stop. And it go. <laughs> and that's what happened. And they feared exceedingly. And one said to the other, what man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And they came over to the other, to the other side of this one city in the country. 
And when he came out of the ship, immediately. So obviously, this is where Jesus was going in the first place. And he knew it. And the storm came out of nowhere to stop him from getting there. It was this man with an unclean spirit. And his dwelling was among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no not with chains. So couldn't nobody put him in jail? Because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken into pieces, neither could any man tame him. He couldn't listen to nobody. Couldn't nobody talk no sense into him. He had that unclean spirit in him. He didn't get along with people. Watch out for that, ladies. Couldn't keep a job because couldn't no boss tell him nothing. He had that spirit in him, unclean. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains, in the tombs, crying, cutting himself with stones. And he didn't just get that way overnight. This was a gradual process. He could always been kicked out of school a lot. In jail, in and out of jail all the time. Because couldn't nobody tell him nothing. No man. So it was men around, but they couldn't do nothing with him. And he was cutting himself. He hated himself. He, he didn't like what he turned out to be. But he had his spirit in him. <sighs> but when he saw Jesus <laughs> from afar off he ran and he worshipped him even he knew who Jesus was as crazy as he got even with that unclean spirit he knew who Jesus was and that's where Jesus was going because I know he heard about him, and that storm came to stop him, but it couldn't because Jesus had authority over that. So watch out when those storms happen in life. Jesus is on the way. <laughs> and he cried with a loud voice and said, well, the spirit in him said, Jesus, thou son of the most high God, I adjure thee that you torment me not. Because everybody was trying to get on him. And then Jesus said, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. He spoke it. <laughs> and then he talked to him. He said, you know, what's your name, spirit? And the spirit going to answer. My name is Legion. We are many. Can you imagine what that man had inside of him? Oh. And he besought him. They would not send the way out of the country. <laughs> now, on the other side of the hill, it was a, you know, it was a herd of swine. And the devils said, well, you know what? Let's send them there, right? So if, and I, you know, I don't know exactly how the negotiation process went, but if they can get out of him, they say, well, at least let us go in his neighbor's house. Let's go in his community. 
scoring his other co-workers. Send it somewhere. I mean, we've been trying to kill this guy a while. We've been working at it. He didn't give up, though. <laughs> and when he saw Jesus, he started running. And so Jesus gave him leave. He said, okay. And he sent him into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. And they were choked about two thousand swine. That man was carrying around so much that it killed 2,000 pigs. That's why he was running. When I think about the stuff that Jesus set me free from, My hands go up and say, hallelujah. I'm glad that Jesus made me free. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, I need to go through the notes. (laughs) But the bottom line is this. Okay? Let's get our relationship right with Jesus. He can do it. He's able. He wants to. So now, if you want to rededicate and refresh your relationship, you want that opportunity, then bow your heads. And I know that, you know, parts of this message could have been good for somebody else. But let's look at it and see what can we get from it. What part of this can we bless, you know? Am am, am I the coin who was lost and didn't know? Or am I the woman that lost the coin? You got to have something to know it's gone. You got to appreciate it, to miss it. And this relationship with God, with Jesus, should be the first priority of our lives. So it's real simple. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I don't want to know what you're going through. It's none of my business. But you know, and he knows. I can't help you. He can help you. But we got to go to them. We got to invite them in. We got to let them do it. So just say this quick prayer and then I'm done. Everybody just say it. Say, Lord, I want to renew and refresh my relationship with you. I make you first priority in my life above everything and everybody else forgive me Lord for taking you for granted forgive me Lord for putting other things and other people 
ahead of you. From this moment on, you are number one in my life. Amen. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, son. Great message. God bless you. Great message. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Biggest thing I want to say is just think about that. See, Eli, how much God really loves us. And so many times we hear messages, and this is one of those that makes you just want to do right. <laughs> oh, so that God can do in our lives the things that he desires to do, and that we can show him how much we love him. I need to invite you to stand on your feet. Of course, the gospel is found in the gospel according to John, chapter 3, verse 16. And I need you to take a moment to just read it together with us. And as you read it, believe it and receive it. Ready now? Go ahead. Read. And this gospel points us to salvation. The gospel is where it starts. Salvation is where the connection is made and the life of relationship with God blossoms. And so you have opportunity to do that. Salvation is found in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Would you read that, please? Ready? Read. Hallelujah. So let me have you lift up your hands and let's pray this prayer. Agree with it as I pray. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Again, we had opportunity to see, hear, and say the gospel. We've had opportunity to see, hear, and say salvation. We receive the gospel. We receive salvation. And we believe in Jesus' name that as we have said your word, declared it to be so, we are what this word says. Salvation is in us. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, amen. Now, just before you sit down, I'd like for all of the young people that you're going off to school or